Let's try that again because we, we clapped at different times. So three, two, one. Two, one. No. Right, I'll do. Wasn't very, wasn't very uh, synchronized, but I'll be able to do it. We'll, we'll, we'll get another stab at it later on. Do you want to try one last time just to be so? And it's just right. <laughs> three, we... two, one. Where? Yeah. Right, oh right, okay. I, yeah, okay. That was that. was me just practicing. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Scratch Cast, the alternative music podcast. I'm Sneds and as always I'm joined by the man who puts the anal into analysis, Mr. Grant <laughs> Patterson. <laughs> Hello. And we are just two Scottish loons who love to talk about music. I was quite proud of that one, I've been chuckling away at myself for for a while about that. <laughs> um, it's been a while since we recorded the last podcast. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Good. I was wondering if we should um, address the cover art from the last episode, because I kind of like spunked my load on that. I just kind of put it up because I was like, I just want to use it, and it didn't really make any <laughs> yeah. sense. Yeah, that's something we kind of talked about. We were like, it's, it's good, it's kind of funny, but like, how are we going to use it? Um, but you did, you found a way. I, I used it a bit. I mean, it didn't really make sense, but um, like the <laughs> the pictures. So I, obviously the, the, the name of the last episode was Smell You Waiter, so that's a Simpsons reference. And which you finished the last podcast by saying. Yeah, which I finished the last podcast by saying. So I took a, the scene from The Simpsons where that phrase is used and I swapped the face out to be our faces, the face of Ralph and Bart. But I used like cartoon pictures of us from um that we, that we that we from a tea towel yeah that we that we both drew when we were in primary school uh-huh. yeah i don't i don't know why um i don't know why that was a thing like you drew art. a little it's just it's art it's a lot you draw a little self-portrait and it gets put on a tea towel and then you take that home yeah that was a recognized art form in the early early 90s <laughs> It, uh, children's I, tea towel art. <laughs> children's tea towel art. It uh, swept the nation, I think. Aye. So yeah, that's the for for anyone who was wondering. I'm sure no one was wondering what that was about. But um, there's the the mystery has been been solved. <laughs> revealed. <laughs> it's been revealed. Okay. Uh, let's just move on from that then. Before we get started, I uh, have been to a whole load of live music events since we last recorded a mixture of like live streams and some actual in-person events so i've got a whole a whole bunch of them here i'll just quickly go through so the first one well i don't know if it i don't know if these are even in order they may be semi in order but so i'm going to see pete and diesel live in elgin town hall of all places and it was uh elgin town hall is actually quite a good venue it's decent, um, man. I've seen yeah. a few tribute acts there. Yeah, it's yeah. There's actually a, a decent venue. Band were really good. I don't know how familiar you are with Pete and Diesel, but, you know, they're like, they're sort of a trad folk, like punk band, I suppose, is the way to describe them. And they did, like, all the kind of 
fan favourites like Western Isles Island and their cover of Dirty Old Town mm-hmm. um, which is really good and uh, yeah they're just they just sound the same live as they do on the record just like really good sort of rocky folk band that sound like they're going to fall apart at any moment which is which is pretty good yeah it's <laughs> it a good gig but right at the end it's a strange one because it was all kind of when the, the sort of COVID rules were becoming a bit looser and um, it was kind of like well you can if you're walking through, you should probably wear a mask and then you get to wherever you're standing or sitting, you take your mask off. But because it's, you know, the northeast of Scotland, like no one's given a fuck. And um, the major- majority <laughs> of people weren't wearing masks at all. So like right at the end, I think after the band had finished out, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I put my mask on, I walked through the toilet and when I came out, there's like a group of folk and they're all folk like, I recognise their faces, like they're maybe like Keith folk or like, you know, just folk I'd seen kicking about in the pubs over the years and that. And then one of them, he just looked at me, he's like, what are you wearing a mask for, you wanker? And I was like, eh. <laughs> I g- genuinely didn't know what to say to him. I just kind of looked at him and sort of went, eh, go fuck yourself and turned around and walked off. I'm quite surprised that fucking fight never broke out. Well, I thought when I told him to go fuck himself, he would have nutted me or something. I hooked you in the back of the head. It was such a... <laughs> Such a weird. Oh no! What he actually said was, "What you're, what are you wearing a mask for, you wanker? Don't you know there's a war on?" Like, what? 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 It's like, like what? I don't know what what the the war in Ukraine had had to do with it. Sure, um, but but somehow in my head, surely by that logic, it would make more sense to wear a mask somehow. I don't know why. I don't know. I, th- I think I think the point he was trying to make was like, why bother wearing a mask? We're all dead anyway. There's a war on anyway, kind of thing. But maybe I was. Maybe I was a wanker. I don't know. But um, that was the end of that gig. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like welcome back, welcome the back North to East. the northeast. So that was that was good. So anyway, the band the band were great. The crowd not so much. <laughs> <laughs> So the one of the other things I, I saw, this was um, like a streaming event, so I didn't have to talk to anyone or be abused by anyone, which is good. It was um, a band called June, spelled with a V. So they were in Edinburgh, based like prog metal band. And this was called The Cycles of Asphodel. And this band's shtick is kind of like all their stuff is based on like Frank Herbert's June. Hence oh, the right, name of the okay. band. Um, yeah, yeah. And what this was was like they took a few songs from their their album that came out last year, Etamin Ienka, I think that's how you pronounce it, and um, like reimagined them. So it was like they sort of stripped them back a wee bit, added a bit more clean vocals, slightly less screaming. It was still still really heavy, loads of riffs, and you know it was it was in the the biscuit factory, which is about ten minutes away from where I live, which is quite cool to see. It's loads of kind of like strobing lights, and like they were performing like in the shadows and all sorts of stuff. So it was a really really cool and visually. And um, they also had a guest violinist and vocalist. Um, her name's Lissa Robertson, who I kind of recognised her in the video. And then it was at the end when I saw her in the credits, I realised she had performed with uh, Gefar Geist at um, Hidden Door oh, uh, la- last yeah. year when I saw them. So that was quite a nice little connection there. So so yeah, that was really good. You can't watch it anymore. It was like a one-off thing, but the songs you can get the live versions of those songs on Bandcamp if you want to if you want to listen to them. So 
worth worth checking it out if you like the band and I'd say if you're a fan of like La Bestia the Givaldan then that would be up your street as well and uh, I got four more <laughs> try and get them through as quickly as I can I told you I've been to shitloads so yeah, I've been shitloads the next one um, I just mentioned Geist, so I, I watched uh, a live stream of them on the Limbic TV YouTube and Facebook well, I watched it on the YouTube channel but you could watch it on both YouTube and Facebook they played versions of Nuclear Graceless and Parasites and yeah yeah it was really good the, I think Conscious Root was supposed to join them for the, the seven minute epic orbit, but I think he had COVID, so he, he couldn't make it. But yeah, it was a good set. And shout out to Limbic TV, who I didn't really know anything about, but they've they've been doing like loads of live streams all throughout lockdown and basically just like helping promote underground Scottish music. I think I think they just set up like a, a random studio somewhere and set it up to be able to do live streams and just start invi- inviting bands to play. So if you go on their YouTube, there are loads of recorded streams on there of just like loads of underground Scottish bands, which is which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Um, so shout out to them and to Geist. I also went to see Unto Others at the Mash House. So Unto Others are like a an American metal band. They're signed to Roadrunner Records, which is quite a big label for metal. But surprisingly, they were in like the smallest room in the Mash House, so it was like a good opportunity to see like a, an up and coming metal band in like a really small, intimate venue. And their their thing is kind of like a mixture of it's like heavy metal mixed with horror punk and goth metal and a bit of classic rock. So they've got a really cool sound. Like the vocalist sounds a bit like Pete Steele or Glenn Danzig, maybe sort of echoey kind of like deep vocals and they do the sort of iron maiden dueling guitar kind of thing you get sort of slash style solos and you and and like thrashy metallica kind of style riffs so a very cool band like they've, they've sort of become one of my favorite bands over the last few months and they did covers of uh misfit songs a thin lizzy oh, cover nice. um a ramones cover as well so yeah really good some of the highlights were songs Jackie, Downtown, Give Me to the Night, and the song When Will God's Work Be Done, which is absolutely amazing. So I would if you're gonna check out one song, that's the one I would recommend. And they were supported by the band Zetra, who were like they had like black metal face paints and stuff on, but they were playing really sort of moody, like synthy kind of songs. It was they were quite cool, but um definitely check them out. I did write a kind of full review of that gig on the website so you can go over go over there and read that if you are interested or just go and listen to those bands it's probably the best thing to do two more two more we'll get through this uh, <laughs> i then went to see conscious root and scott bathgate's pyramid ep launch at sneaky pete's in edinburgh so i actually entered a competition to win tickets to this you just had to like share their post and like send them like screenshots that you'd done it so so i won a couple of tickets to that i mean it was only like nine pound a ticket so i think i would have gone even if i hadn't won the tickets to be to be honest so i went along to that and it ended up being just like a really cool kind of celebration of all things hip-hop there was um a, a dj and rapper a scottish dj and rapper cryptic um soul singer nicola taylor um, who did a bit of rapping as well. And there was a veteran MC called Michael Parkinson. He's an English rapper who I don't really know, but I think, you know, he's been doing his thing for, for at least a decade at this point. And uh, they had sort of hip-hop dancers on the stage and stuff as well. It was just a really cool show. And then Conscious Root and Scott Bathgate kind of took over the stage and performed tracks from their 
this pyramid EP, which is just kind of conscious roots, poetic rapping mixed with uh, Scott Bathgate's kind of like Aries of astral synths and, and pounding beats. So there's a little bit of guitar in there as well. So really cool event, I suppose. Actually, I wrote a review of that for, for Snack Magazine. So you can go to their website and have a read about that if you're, if you're interested. Last one is another... Another live stream this time, this is The Hell, uh, who are a sort of parody hardcore punk band. I put their part two of their hardcore opera Joris in our like favourite releases of last year. And it's basically, I mean, it's just like really heavy, proper hardcore songs, but like sort of really dumb, like funny lyrics. And then um, the Joris thing is like, it's almost like a musical, but with hardcore songs. And it's basically about this guy who's got like a shitty meaningless retail job and he hates it and he decides he wants to go on the road and form a band. Jack from Waco had a, a small speaking part in the in the first part of that uh, EP. So it's two EPs basically. So he does uh-huh. a speaking role in that first EP and then, and then Jamie Lenman's on a song and plays a character in like the second EP. So it's it's pretty cool. <laughs> so so the live show had a few few songs from both of those um EPs and from the the douche EP that came out last year or the year before I think which is which has got well the song douche from that EP is 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 fucking mental so I'd I'd recommend you check that one out. But yeah, if you like sort of big obnoxious riffs um <laughs> with a bit of um, humor in the lyrics and the hell are definitely worth checking out. You'll share man's greatest thrill. <laughs> Okay, right. Let's go to the digital corkboard. That's what I'm calling it now. The, the digital. Cork <laughs> the digital corkboard. Cork yeah, I think that's a better name than whatever the fuck I've been calling it. The 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 old metaphorical pinboard. The old metaphorical pinboard. So there's a few things on this. The first one being there's a new single out from Joe Billy featuring Elementality. It's called Storm. You might remember Joe Billy from our review of I'm the Motherfucking Spider-Man on episode 14. It's an absolute classic. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you've listened to this song. I haven't actually had the chance to listen to it as of yet, no. So Elementality, as far as I could find out, are like a sort of tribal, like Hawaiian-esque rock band from the the North Jersey area. And this song kind of starts out quite a slow burn and there is a bit of a tribal vibe coming in through like the drums. There's like some flutes and some of the backing vocals are chanted, but then it just kicks in with that kind of familiar driving acoustic punk that that Joe Billy does. And yeah, it's really good. And once it get once it gets going, it absolutely rips. But it's like the lyrics are like um, I've not written them down, but it's something about you know there's a storm coming, and it's a cool, it's quite a cool song, so worth a listen, I'd say. One of the other things is Slippery Trashmouth sent us another one of his EPs, and I think he's released quite a few things since we reviewed him on episode fifteen. But this one's just like three tracks, ten minutes long, um, and it's got kind of. The usual kind of drug references, casual swearing, and booming beats that you might expect from from a slippery trash mouth. So it's worth checking out if um, you've enjoyed any of the kind of Scottish hip hop that that we've covered. There's also a new song out by the Viagra Boys. Have you heard this one? Yeah, that's an absolute banger. I'm yeah. I'm jealous. I'm jealous that I never bought tickets whenever you did. Well, it must have been about two years ago now, is it? Well, the so I'm going to see them on Monday night, um, yeah. mon- Monday the 9th, 
Yeah. For context, 9th of May for context. And I booked that. Well, I don't know when I bought the tickets, but it was supposed to be in like, well, maybe even May, but maybe March of 2020. It was a while ago. So, yeah. Something like that. So I probably bought them early that year or even the year before. But yeah, because it was supposed to be in Summer Hall in Edinburgh. And then it got cancelled and it was supposed to be December last year and it got postponed again and it's moved to the it's moved to Glasgow now, so it's at the QMU in Glasgow, which I've never been to. But yeah, they've got this new song out, Ain't No Thief, and it is just like you say, it's an absolute banger. Yeah, it's it's like I've described it as a writhing, surging dance floor monster. Yeah, I've um, and I, I think destruction. I think if they play that, it, you know, it's going to blow the roof off of anywhere they play that. And they've got a new album coming in July, I think. So, I mean, it's a pretty quick turnaround. They only released an album last year, so that'll be pretty cool. And we will be going to see them at the Barrowlands yes, in January as well. We'll definitely have to get tickets for that. Did we get tickets for that? Yeah, yeah, I got us tickets for it. Fantastic. <laughs> so that Fantastic. that will be that'll be ace. Yeah. Okay, a couple more here. Valdo, not spoke about Valdo for a while. They have a new single out. We reviewed the album Sophia back on episode 12. And they've had a whole bunch of singles and an album out since then. And this song is called Cali Line. And it's just like quite a moody kind of somber song. But it's got this really cracking like guitar part right at the end. So it's quite a sort of slow build. You've got the familiar kind of warbling, slightly off kilter vocals that you might be used to from Valdo. And then this really awesome guitar part at the end. So definitely worth checking that out. I think I think this they've got a new guitarist who is kind of lending a sort of different uh, aspect to their sound, which is which is quite cool. So it'll be interesting to see where, where they go next with that. And the last one here was just to say, mentioned them last time, it was just to say Muddy. A few new songs out now. I think last time they, they'd released the 10 minute long opus, The Cashmere Dwarf from Blue Giol, um, which I still don't know how to pronounce. But they've since released another song, another 11 minute song uh, called My Mom is an Ergot Requiem. And a seven-minute song called Palindrome. I think they may have released another song as well, which I, which I haven't written down. Pa- Palindrome was the one that I've listened to most recently, and it, yeah. it's pretty much a completely instrumental number with the, the exception of, like, the odd voice clip here and there. It almost kind of feels as if there's kind of three parts to it because there's this really lovely bit that you, you we kind of get treated at maybe about the kind of four-minute mark which feels kind of reminiscent of the type of stuff that Bonobo might have done on his uh, Animal Magic album, but that's kind of like bookended with this like really brooding cello piece and like weird, dark incantations, which I think maybe takes the gloss off the song uh, a bit, but I think like Muddy being you know the type of band that they are, I think it'll probably be part of something bigger. Yeah. And probably be used in the album as a whole, or like the next album as a whole. So, yeah, I think it'd be pretty interesting to see what they come out with. Yeah, and that other song, uh, "My Mom Is an Ergot Requiem," that I mean, it's there's there's a lot of drone on there. There's some vocals, but I think when that was released, the main guy from Muddy had said he'd written it about kind of his mentor and teacher that had uh-huh. passed away, and um, it was sort of his way of working through the grief of that, and it. It's a very dense and strange kind of journey of a of a track. Um, I don't really know 
exactly how to describe but and it's got it's got this artwork with like a giant sort of squid face like monster yeah. on it which is kind like, of almost like cthulhu like i like cthulhu yeah and that was kind of i think there's a little bit of a weird misunderstanding when um the the <laughs> he sent us the cashmere dwarf song and and you'd responded saying that oh, sounds a bit like squid like the band yeah. squid and i think he misunderstood that as like an actual squid so he incorporate whoever did the yeah. artwork incorporated that into the artwork, but it turned out really. We've been, cre- <laughs> really we've been well. credited as being contributors. Yeah, yeah. So that was quite quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. Like, it's really cool. So, so yeah. Um, I think I think last time I said the the album is probably going to be out in November, something like that. So I'm sure we'll we'll get a chance to to talk more about Muddy. Yeah, definitely. Right, bloody hell. So, <laughs> what else have we got on this month's show? On our single swap, we're discussing Circles by Hamilton, Ontario's alt-rock shoegazer's Basement Revolver, and Everything is Going to Be Alright from experimental New Zealand producer Princess Chelsea. On Submission Corner, we've been sent the single Dominoes from Halifax, Nova Scotia's garage punk rocker's Shoulder Season, and the single Some Call This Normal from Scottish singer-songwriter Callum Baird. And finally, our album selections this month are The Unraveling of Pup the Band, the fourth full-length release from Toronto Punk's Pump, the debut album Growing Up from Los Angeles Garage Rockers The Linda Lindas, and Stoned Weekend, the debut album from New York's alt-psych country band Drug Couple. So, <laughs> we've got quite a lot to get through here, and I feel like I've talked for like 20 minutes solid already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Uh, so we should just kick off, uh, should we uh, kick off with the single swap then? Yeah, yeah, let's just do the single swap, yeah. um, which we do every every time where each of us gives uh, the other a single to listen to. I've already read out the single swap singles, so I'm not going to repeat myself, which I normally do. Uh, so I'll let you kick off. We'll just go for it. So Sneds gave me Basement Revolver, or Circles by Basement Revolver, Revolver last time. It was released on the 21st of January at the start of this year. It was released on Sonic Unvon Records, or Unvon Records, I'm not 100% sure how you pronounce that. It's approximately 3 minutes and 49 minutes long, so just under the 4 minute mark. Uh, the band have released it as part of a four track ep by the same name which then went on to form part of the band's sophomore album which is entitled embody which released in february of this year as sneds quite rightly said the band themselves are a four-piece band from hamilton ontario in canada the song itself kind of opens with this kind of like soft female vocals with lyrics that seem to explore themes of kind of mental health or struggling to come to terms with mental health this is accompanied with some kind of floaty almost hypnagogic soundscapes uh, which are quite interesting to, to kind of listen to and you know give off this kind of dreamy kind of atmosphere there's a slight tonal change maybe about the kind of 47 second mark with introduction of a kind of driving drum beat and that i don't want to say the song the song doesn't really change all that much there is some stuff going on behind the scenes but i think for me being in the type of like the type of uh, job that i'm in uh, being in the healthcare secretary i thought healthcare secretary healthcare industry <laughs> sorry i thought it did that i thought the lyrical content did a really good job of capturing what it's like for someone who struggles with anxiety and self-doubt with 
you know, lyrics such as, you know, something said in the passing, another panic attack. That leads on to another panic attack or, you know, the lead vocalist experience another panic attack. The vocal refrain at the kind of two minutes and 30 second mark of do you feel guilty, do you feel guilty, that kind of repetition, which I kind of felt hit so hard and found really effective. Um, that was a kind of standout moment uh, for me in the song. So, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good, man, to be honest. Yeah, like that line you're talking about there, I hope you feel guilty. It's like um, it's like the protagonist of the song has been um, subject to some kind of traumatic experience. And That's what was my thinking. Yeah, yeah there's this um, the line that goes, I've always wondered, do you feel guilty for the way that you forced it? Did it feel good taking advantage? I fucking hope you feel guilty. So it's, there's some heavy stuff in there. Like I think from what I read on their band camp page, as the band went through a bit of a hiatus, or did they go through a bit of a hiatus, or there was a kind of period where they were just kind of resolving some of the issues that you know, the individual members were having at the time. So I imagine this song, probably even lots of the songs on you know that their sophomore album embody are probably kind of quite autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I like this a lot. I mean, like you said, it, it opens with these kind of tender, sort of breathy female vocals. There's a sort of subtle bass rumble where kind of these quite far away sounding guitars, and um, mm. and the verse kind of kicks in with with some crashing drums. The bass booms a bit more. It's like reverberating guitars still stays pretty laid back and low tempo but I think the kind of melodies of the vocals are the thing that kind of keeps it engaging yeah. over the over the length of the, the sort of four minutes of the track and uh you know it's slow it's ponderous there's a bit of a kick from the drums and a bit of a drive from 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 the percussion there but I mean it's also really catchy like the the repeated line running in circles in the dark is is something that's been stuck in my head for 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 quite a while now i just keep it just keeps popping into my head it's it's a really cool line and yeah there's like you said there's there's the elements of mental health and depression and anxiety there's another line that i've written down here which is uh, try to take each day that comes one step at a time decluttering my mind i'm always fighting with my own head which that was quite sort of poignant so yeah i uh yeah really like this what did you rate it I, i've given it a strong eight yeah, I've I've just said an easy eight or ten, so it just kind of it walks into an eight, like so. Um, yeah, re- really, really good song, and I I still haven't gone in on the album properly. I keep meaning to, but um, I think I think like you say, there'll be there'll be quite a similar vibe throughout the album to to this, like both like thematically and in in the way it sounds as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think I think I've kind of dipped in and out of the album, but not really kind of taken the time to to properly listen to it as a. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, that was um. Oh, sorry. No, I'm interested to see what you'll make of the Princess Chelsea oh. song. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, well, so yeah, so that was um, "Circles" by Basement Revolver.
you gave me the song Everything Is Going To Be Alright by Princess Chelsea, which came out 25th of February 2022 on Lil Chief Records. So Princess Chelsea is the the alter ego of New Zealand-based producer and classically trained pianist Chelsea Nicholl. Her debut as Princess Chelsea, Lil Golden Book, was released in 2011 and the single Cigarette Duet became a viral hit on YouTube with, with over 76 million views to date. Uh, I had a listen to the Cigarette Duet, actually, and it's it's pretty good. It's got, it kind of opens a sort of baroque, sort of almost fairground music kind it's of like, aesthetic. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then it kind of mixes back and forth between these male and female vocals, and there's like smoky guitars and organ flourishes. It kind of reminded me a bit of The Doors, in a way, like like a modern take that. on The Doors. So that Love was pretty that kinda, good. Whiskey bar kind of Feel, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I definitely. That, yeah. So that, so that's a good song. Um, she's since released a sci-fi concept album called "The Great Cybernetic Depression" in 2015, which I haven't heard, but but sounds right up my street. And a covers album called "After Touch" in 2016, and uh, an album called "The Loneliest Girl" in 2018. Cover album I had a quick listen to. It's got a super weird version of "Come As You Are," uh, Nirvana's "Come As You Are" on it, which I'm not fully on board with. But um, she does a good cover of Elvis Presley's "Can't Help Falling in Love." She's just like a weird, I don't know. It's like a, it's not like a dance version of it, but it's electronic, synthy kind of weirdness. It's quite good. What about the actual song you've given me? Everything is going to be all right. It opens with this kind of grumbling bass line and a sort of childlike vocal melody. Sort of, you know, she's singing like a la 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 kind of thing. It's got this kind of drum thump about it with um like a sort of Americana sounding guitar groove that actually, they reminded me a bit of that BC Camplight song we covered like way back when. I only drink when I'm drunk. I only drink when I'm drunk. Yeah, there's a little bit of that kind of American noir kind of thing, I think is what I'm taking out from that. There's a kind of brooding sort of mysterious quality to it um, that I'm really into. And it's got some kind of quirky elements reminded me of like some of the stuff from sort of more recent Pixies albums like um, a song like Silver Bullet or Silver Snail yeah. like those kind of weird tracks from Indie Cindy and Beneath Theory Beneath Theory yeah so the, those two tracks in particular my favourite bit of the song is probably section in the middle where there's these sort of chanted vocals almost like she's in a trance where she's singing I, I am in love and strong as love can be it's brave to be in love sometimes I feel weak everything is going to be alright and it's just over this kind of rumbling bass and guitar chug that kind of slowly builds to a sort of a, a quite a subtle crescendo but it is a cr- crescendo nonetheless and there's this little kind of tinkling keyboard flourish in there as well and it's just a, it's just really really cool yeah i'm well into this i'm re- i'm really quite <laughs> surprised really quite surprised i was kind of a loss as to what to give you the last time we recorded to be perfectly honest and it was it was a bit last minute like i i really enjoy this track as well i think one of the only reasons why i kind of picked it out was because i kind of rediscovered her album the loneliest girl and i was getting really into that and then i just noticed that she'd released that track and i was like yeah gives us an excuse to (laughs) talk about (laughs) princess chelsea but yeah like i was Obviously, I've kind of been going back and listening to some of the music that we're, we're covering in preparation for today, and I was like, I really don't know if Sneds is going to like this, man. So I'm, I'm yeah, pleasantly surprised. 
Yeah, I mean, I like some weird stuff, so. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I mean, when you said Princess Chelsea, I was like, oh, God, what's this going to be? um, What the fuck's he giving me now? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, probably a similar feelings to when I gave you Olivia Rodrigo. Hey, I I gave Olivia Rodrigo a 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But when when I first said that's what I was giving you, you were probably like, oh, what the fuck? Oh yeah, this? I think I think when you said to me, yeah, she was previously uh, like a Disney <laughs> star or something. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but no, man. I mean, that that's a fucking banger of a song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a good album. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, this this is a really good song. So I, I would say I will go back and listen to um, the Lonely Carol. And I should, man. There's. A new album supposedly coming out in September, so I'm quite quite interested to hear that as well. So I've I've given this a nine out of ten. Good man, yeah. Really, well, I would really say like an eight. It. I would say an eight, but um, yeah, I'm really I'm really glad you enjoyed it, man. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, well, we'll have to put we'll have to kind of dog ear that and see what happens. Is it, is it September that it's coming out? Did you say? I I don't know if that's a fixed release date. Fixed date, but um, yeah, we'll I I, I, I found an interview somewhere that said round about september so let's keep an eye out for that definitely so that was uh, everything's going to be all right by princess chelsea What, what have you got for me for, for next time around then? So I have got you Weird Nightmare or Wrecked by Weird Nightmare. Um, so the band's Weird Nightmare. So this was released on the 26th of April on Sub Pop Records. It's okay. approximately 3 minutes and 39 seconds long. So again, just under the kind of 4 minute mark. Uh, singles released from the band's upcoming eponymous debut album, which is due out later on this month. I think it's due out in a fortnight's time, so I think it's due out on the 20th, 20th of May. Um, so Weird Nightmare is the brainchild of the band Metz's guitar and lead vocalist Alex Edkins. I'm not familiar with uh, Metz's stuff. I've heard um, the odd song, the odd song. This is Metz with a Z, M-E-T-Z. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've heard a, a, the odd track from them, but I don't know them that well. It's good. It's got a proper kind of... Yeah, well... See what you make of it. It's got a bit of a kind of shoegazy kind of feel to it, kind of reminiscent a wee bit of like bands like Guided by Voices. It's not a band I'm familiar with, but you will like. <laughs> I think I think a few of their tracks have been used in TV over the years. Though to be honest, the only reason I'm aware of Guided by Voices was from an episode of the It Crowd or the IT Crowd. Oh right, okay. I probably Ga- have uh, heard called, them then. Yeah, called Game of Pricks. <laughs> what okay. better game? 
All right, then. So that is um, wrecked by Weird Nightmare. Yeah. yeah Featuring okay. somebody called Bully, but I don't know who that is. Bully. Bully. No, I Bully. I don't, I'm not sure. I've got you something a little different to that. It's called A Heretic's Inheritance by an experimental hip-hop duo from Newark, New Jersey, and they're called Dalek. I think it's a cool name. Um, cool. And they, I suppose they're, this song at least is, there are similarities to this with the NYC duo Arm and Hammer. Right, so okay. there, there's a bit of a kind of industrial bite and grit to this. But it's also got like a, a kind of extended like DJ mix feel. And there's a bit of a, more of a bounce to the vocals than, than Arm and Hammer, which reminds me more of the likes of Run the Jewels. So, you know, it's, Sort of a mixture of a few things, and yeah, I just thought it was was quite cool. So there you go. Cool, man. All right. Sounds good. All right. You'll share man's greatest thrill. I Let's move on to Submission Corner then. So it's time for Submission Corner, where we discuss and review the albums, EPs and singles that bands, artists and indie labels have sent us directly. If you're listening and have something you'd like us to hear, then you can send it over to us at the head scratcher at Outlook.com or direct message us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So first off, we are talking about... The single Dominoes from all-female indie rock punk act from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, Shoulder Season. That's that's where Kestrels are from, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a member or members of this band were in a band called Smaller Hearts, which a band I discovered through Chad Peck's Twitter, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so there's a, a wee bit of a connection there. I like this band's... Spotify bio. Yeah. <laughs> not too not too hard, not too soft. Not too old, not too young, or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, I've written the whole thing down, so it's not too right. hard, not too soft, not too young, not too old, not too hot, not too cold. We're shoulder season. Karen, Mel, Christina and Meg. So I just thought it was a nice uh, a nice little bio. It tells you all you need to know. So the band actually sent us this back um in March. And um, apparently the bassist had been listening to our monthly playlist and discovering some new music through that. Um, so they sent us one of their songs, which I think is a really cool thing indeed. Yeah. So if you if you do listen to our playlist, then you, you might have heard Dominoes already because I, uh, I added it to the March playlist basically as soon as I heard it. So that might give away how I feel about this song because I think it's Ace. Um, oh, it's fucking <laughs> amazing. I've, I've described it as a nihilistic, grungy garage rock banger. Mm, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've um, been. I, I think it's a proper earworm. Like I've, I've been singing it about the house. <laughs> like Kerry's heard me singing. It. Just keep singing the the chorus over and over again. Yeah, the dominoes, dominoes, everything. I think I know. It's same, same. I've been singing that as well. Like when I was in holiday last weekend, I was just kicking about, like singing that away at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it? What is it you used to do? This is a total sidestep. But did you not go through a phase where you used to sing um, the dual and banjos to yourself? Did you not uh, just go, ding, 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 ding? Yeah, yeah, I think I did. Um, <laughs> it's just sort of my, it's just that come was out. Go- that yeah, was your go-to. It's, it's yeah. just a go-to. I probably still do that every now and again. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, well, now you've got dominoes, so you don't have to. Yeah, well, that's true. So I think your description is pretty good, man. But it's like, it's quite scuzzy, like a scuzzy 
punk rock song with a bit of a sort of slacker vibe in the vocals. Um, but it's like the the melodies, like the vocal melodies, are just like, like you say, just kind of earworms aplenty. Oh. <laughs> and um, there's like a kind of like classic punk rock drum beat that drives it along. It reminds me like the Goops cover of uh, Build Me Up Buttercup from the Mallrat soundtrack a little bit. I'd say it's just that sort of drum beat, I think. It just just mm-hmm. reminded me of that. And there's bits here and there that remind me of like the Go-Go's or the Runaways, like mostly in those kind of poppy vocals and the harmonies and some of the kind of scuzzy sort of bounce to the bass and the guitars. So there's not much more to say other than to sort of heap praise on this because it's a really really cool track yeah i I did i would kind of agree it it did have a kind of punky kind of grungy feel for me it's kind of felt felt as if it could have been placed in the kind of early 90s like reminded me a bit of like l7 you know bands like that um i mean that's maybe where i'm getting the mall rats connection from it just feels like it's from around that time I totally like. I felt as if, well, I've described it as. I felt as if it kind of perfectly encapsulated the uneasiness and paranoia of the pandemic. There's kind of loads of wee lyrics like, "What well, starts off by saying there's no God, not like the way you were. <laughs> you were young. There's no holy book. Just miles and miles of meaningless space." And I think the next lyric is, "And it's been a while since you've really seen a face," which kind of put me in mind of like. Zoom and Microsoft Team calls and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, yeah, there is this kind of sense of uneasiness again in, the, I think, it's like the second verse with lyrics saying, like, where's the newspaper? Who's the man across the street? What's over the backyard fence? And, like, you know, just just the, just the this idea of questioning everything. Like, what's the point in loving you? What's the point in loving me? Uh, how are we going to live live together and what have you? Like, I, I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was a bang, bang track. Yeah, man. Yeah. What, um, my my own my only criticism, like, well, I want to say a nine or even a ten out of ten. Like, I kind of wish that it would. My only criticism is I want it to be a bit longer, but then it wouldn't be the same track. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that sounds like a silly thing to say, but I just I just couldn't get enough of it. Just just put it on repeat. Sorry. Well, there's that there's, there's <laughs> just that play, option. Just play it on repeat. Yeah, I've I've kind of I've said a nine out of ten as well. Like, it's just super catchy super fun and like i I really want an ep from shoulder season i think that'd be awesome they've actually since released another single called making plans which has got some synths and stuff in it as well which is quite cool Mm -hmm. yeah i did have a wee listen to that yeah so that's cool that that shoulder season sent this to us so um looking forward to hear more from them so it was dominoes my shoulder season there is no god Okay, next one is 
from Callum Beard, a Scottish singer-songwriter, and it's called Some Call This Normal. And Callum sent, him the, sent us this in March, about a month before the actual release date. But the song's, song's out now, so you can yeah. listen to it wherever, wherever you get your music. And it's a collaboration between Callum and a German musician called Tobias Thiel, or Thiel, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. And uh, it's heavily influenced by contemporary folk music and Callum said in his email that this track is for anyone trying to maintain a positive outlook amidst seemingly never-ending negative developments in the world from covid to war to climate change which leave us all feeling like everything is coming apart at the seams what did you make of this I quite enjoyed it. I would say that it kind of did. I never actually realized it was a collaboration between Callum Baird and the kind of German yeah, a uh, guy that you were kind of speaking about. Um, I did feel as if it was a kind of pretty straightforward acoustic number. Opens with your favourite slide guitar, or there's elements <laughs> of of that in there. I think it, it immediately kind of put me in mind the likes of Jerry Cinnamon, but I think that's maybe just because of the kind of Scottish accent being accompanied with a kind of acoustic guitar. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. I mean, he does sing in a kind of unashamedly. Um, Scottish accent, which, which is great. You know, I mean, I think it's always always really nice to, he- to hear people kind of singing in their own accents rather than trying to put on like a faux American or transatlantic kind of accent. Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought that the the lyrics were quite good. You know, what I mean, it uh, certainly encapsulates encapsulates how we're all feeling at the moment, and uh, you know encapsulate some of the, the arguments that I've had recently, you know, almost about kind of striving for something a bit more um, or for a kind of better quality of life and or a kind of existence uh, with lyrics such as some call this normal, like this is all there can be but this strange moving drama is getting darker as far as I can see, it's almost like yeah, but, okay, but we, we shouldn't be happy with our lot, we should be striving for a better better world. Yeah, you, met, you mentioned Jerry Cinnamon. I can see why why you're making that comparison, but I think Callum Beard's got a much better singing voice. Jerry Cinnamon does like, I think he double tracks all his vocals, or at least it sounds like he does. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, he's he's all right. But um, I think I think Callum's got a much stronger singing voice. Quite quite a commanding voice, I think that he's got. It kind of makes you sit up and take notice. I mean, I, I compare him a little bit to. To Michael Timmons, I suppose. Um, he's got that kind of light Scottish twang, but you know, you can clearly hear everything he says and understand mm-hmm. everything he says, which is what you want when you're trying to tell kind of relatable stories, I suppose. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's mostly Callum with an acoustic guitar and that little bit of slide guitar. I, I quite I quite like it, uh, the slide guitar actually, which is and there's more slide guitar on the set. I, I think as well. you like slide I think yeah. you like closet, slide guitar, man. Closet fan of slide guitar um <laughs> so yeah i quite like that i mean it adds a little bit of a country vibe to the mix um there's yeah. a little bit of like warbling organ in the background there as well and uh it doesn't change up too much kind of over its sort of four minute runtime but there are some good guitar parts even there and there's a nice like short-lived vocal harmony about two-thirds of the way through, which is a quite a big moment on the song and a memorable moment anyway. And like you say, the lyrics, I've picked out a couple 
of kind of lyrics that I liked here. Um, everyone's misbelieving that believing is run aground. There's tears in the fabric and the whole thing feels a little unwound. And later on in the song, you know I'm so sick of saying I feel so estranged, burnt out and washed up. It all feels the same. And there's there's quite a few things about this that I like. Yeah, I think it's worth noting as well that you know, just over four minutes... It- could potentially feel like quite a long song, but I, I didn't. Well, I don't get that impression listening to it at all. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like four minutes, if that makes sense. No, it does. It, there's there's enough going on to to stop it from getting getting old, and you sort of like looking at your watch halfway through, kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And um, uh-huh. there's there's enough going on. So yeah, like this kind of sort of folky trad sort of stuff. It's not it's not really my bad. My my bag, as I've said before, but but yeah, I find myself really enjoying this. It's interesting to see that he, um, I think from what I read online as well, uh, he kind of draws his influences from the likes of Billy Bragg and stuff like that. I think he's actually playing at St. Luke's in Glasgow tonight. Is that right? Oh, really? Nice. It's a pretty good venue. Pretty good That's, venue. Uh, yeah, I've only been there once, but um, it sounded like an impressive venue. Like Yeah. Definitely. Um, was that for the Jamie Lenman gig? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. the Road to Lenmania, wasn't it? I think it was called. Mm. So yeah, I'd, I'd like to go back to St. Luke's as a cool venue. So I've I've given this an eight, an eight out of ten. I think that's fair to say, man. I've said I've said a set seven or eight out of ten for me. Yeah. There's um a few more of his songs on on Spotify. I haven't listened through them all, but one one that I did listen to is called Fur. Ewig or Fewer Ewig. Oh, I don't yeah. I don't know how you pronounce that. And that's a really So is that good a song. collaboration as well then? Pass. I don't know. Probably yeah. probably not, because the collaboration that was specifically mentioned in the email for this release. Mm. So that's probably you know I think it's just him and his acoustic guitar on that one actually. But that like if you like Callum's voice on this song then Fur you I don't have no idea how to pronounce that. Fur Ewig. Ewig. Um, yeah, it's it's. I make it like I was wondering whether it was a part of the collaboration because it does sound quite German, doesn't it? Because it's got it's got the accent above the U, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't I don't know I don't know don't know. Um, but yeah, like I said, that is that's a really really good song. So I'd recommend that to anyone. As as with this, as with this song too. Yeah. So that was um, some call this normal by Callum Beard. <laughs> Everyone's chasing the sunshine Cause these days it ain't here for very long There's tears in the fabric And the whole thing feels a little unwound Some call this normal Like this is all that can be You know I'm so sick of saying I feel so estranged Flying through these onto the <laughs> onto the album reviews. Then I've got pop first. I don't know if you want to start with pop. I think pop is first actually. Okay, so this is the unraveling of Pop the Band, the fourth full-length release from Toronto Punk's Pop. Pop are made up of Stefan Babcock on lead vocals and rhythm and guitar, Steve Sladowski on lead guitar, Nestor Schumach on bass and keys, and Zach Michaela 
on drums and percussion and the whole band provide uh, back and vocals at, at key moments in the songs if you listen to our favorite albums of all time episodes then you'll remember that pup's third album morbid stuff snuck its way onto my list at number 20 which given it had been out for less than a year at that point is um pretty insane but uh on that album was particularly taken by the band's knack of just crafting song after song rammed full of hooks and sing-along moments combined with a sort of ramshackle drive and energy that just never failed to put a smile on their face and their kind of lyrical content was both morose morbid and humorous at the same time which is you know i just find to be really engaging so morbid stuff was was my entry point to pop their previous two albums are also excellent and with the this place sucks ep that came out in 2020 also being a belter this new album has got a lot to live up to have you got any prior sort of experience with pop i haven't man and i'm kicking myself now after listening to this album to be honest because if this album if their previous albums are anything like this then they're bound to be great i much like you were just saying there about you know the third album. There's so much hooks in this album. It's littered all over the place yeah. in terms of the kind of musical arrangements, the way they deliver the vocals, the vocals and lyrics themselves. It's yeah, it's it's a brilliant album. Yeah, like this one doesn't doesn't open as swiftly as like the title track of Morbid Stuff did. Instead, kind of opens with four chords, which is like peppered throughout the album. There's like a little kind of sort of story going it's like on a there, story, yeah. and there's a few sort of interlude tracks, and and the the opening song, four chords, transforms from this like little lilting piano driven number into like a massive kind of bombastic theatrical piece. And there's like a really funny moment in there where Stefan hits this bum chord you know just before the kind of song takes off and he's like oh fuck and um it just uh, it just perfectly typifies their their sense of humor and um it's a great way to start the album but uh that kind of sets the scene for totally fine which is kind of kicking into like a proper pop banger that's got all the, the sort of trademarks that i've grown to love and the thundering drums the squealing guitar lines he's crunching punk riffs and and these kind of massive shout along gang vocal moments that just kind of they just make you just want to to sing and get involved with and actually the last minute of that song goes a bit more theatrical and reminds me a bit of like creepers sex death and infinite void so it's like that's quite a cool way to end the song yeah i never actually thought of that but now that you mention it yeah i can see that I, i can see that yeah um, I thought there was so much going on with with the, these songs, man. Like, and I don't know. I really didn't know what to expect. You know, from Totally Fine, the the, the second track, we go into Robot Writes a Love Song, which is probably one of my favourite songs on the album. It's I think it was released as as one of the singles as well. It was, yeah. it's, it's really it's really quite distinctive. And um, there's a bit of a kind of tonal change there from the kind of first song. It has some really interesting kind of laid back electronic drum beats in there particularly kind of during the first verse section of the song which for my money almost kind of felt as if it had like a bit of a kind of super tramp-esque <laughs> vibe to it the song kind of builds momentum and becomes kind of more textured like i mean there, there really is a lot going on there underneath the surface uh, lyrics are really interesting as well it kind of talks about somebody dying i think and then build like sort of like reloading somebody's consciousness back up onto a computer or back up onto a machine uh which i thought was quite 
quite cool, quite interesting to listen to. Yeah, th- this is this is one of my favourite songs on the album for 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 all the reasons you've you've mentioned and like the lyrics that go, um, oh, the first time I saw you, I confess, you nearly put me in a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest. It's way too much data to process. Uh, and later on, there's the bit that goes, black hole sun on one hundred two point one FM. I think I'm gonna self destruct if I ever hear that song again. I just I I think Pop's lyrics are just brilliant, and I can totally relate to not wanting to hear Black's song ever again because I remember when I was at school that was on like constantly like every day like come home from school and what like put on the music channel Black Black Hole Sun was always on and like I I used to love it but it's just yeah I don't I don't want to hear it ever again (laughs) Um, but yeah played to death played to death but yeah Robot writes a love song What, what a brilliant song that is it's so weird, like that sort of woozy kind of jangly guitar riff that opens it up, like and and repeats through the song. It's just so unusual, and to the point where, like, when it when it was released as a single, I was like, I don't, I'm not sure about this. Like, it's not, I wasn't sure if it was really pop, but it absolutely well, is pop. <laughs> it's it's, it's like strange. A, I've got nothing to compare it to. I've got yeah, no yeah. real, uh, you know, frame of reference because I think in my mind they were just going to be a straight up punk band, but. They're anything but, you know what I mean? And I suppose, you know, we've kind of said it time and time again, you can't really it's, you can't really categorise people or bands in that way. No, totally. Um, and and now, like, now that I listen to that song, I'm like, I can't believe I thought that kind of thing. It's a weird, like, why, you know, it was, it was odd that I thought that, but at the time it just, it, I think it's just because the band are developing their sound in such a way, which is always good for, for bands to do. They, they, they just develop their sound rather than, stick to you know churning out the same thing over and over again so um yeah. so it's always a good thing when it when it works out like that what about matilda how do you feel about matilda yeah i mean again it was another real standout track for me as i said before there, there's so much kind of hooky elements that vocal refrain during the kind of chorus maybe kind of pre-chorus section of but i was everything you need yeah. for me it just kind of really drew me in yeah and I, 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 I really enjoyed it as as well. You know the story behind that song? No, no. So I only I only know this because when when this was released as a single, there was a bit of stuff about it, and it's basically a love letter to Stefan, the singer's old busted up guitar. The story is that Matilda was his favorite guitar, uh, and it was a gift from a friend because he broke the only guitar he had like in the middle of a long tour and he didn't have enough money to buy a new one so this you know it was a big thing this guy gave him this guitar and he ended up playing it for like seven years at every pop show but then the rest of the band started complaining that the guitar sounded like absolute shit so <laughs> so eventually had to phase the guitar out and replace it with a good guitar and he kind of was able to get the rest of the band to agree for Matilda to come back on this album and this song for like one last hurrah. So the whole song is like a love story to Matilda, but Matilda's a guitar. So it's like he mentioned that those lyrics um where it goes locked in the corner collecting dust, patiently waiting while my fingers rust, which just I think is really clever lyrics but the song is basically a love song between a man and his his old guitar that he that he doesn't play anymore and uh in an interview with guitar world he said i played her during the bridge of this song sounds so shitty but good shitty great shitty for me it was the most joyful and cathartic moment in the entire making of this record and um <laughs> you can hear this sort of 
two minute 30 mark it's like in the bridge at the two minute 30 mark like it's just sort of he's just like strumming it in the background and it, you know it, it does sound shitty but but it is great shitty i think and there's this sort of cool like ballooning guitar solo over the top of it it just sounds really cool but that's yeah that's the story behind matilda it's just oh, um, right. a love song between a man and his his old guitar <laughs> i would never i would never have known never have known. no i mean you, you there was no reason why you would know that um i don't think <laughs> it's you, maybe you could pick it up through the lyrics i don't i don't know if you could but that's what it's about and you know you mentioned like there's hooks and things all over this album i mean this song it's got like two choruses and you know some bands can't even write one good chorus and pop have got two great choruses in one song and it's just like you know it's it's insane i mean you go through every song on this and be like it's pretty much a standout song <laughs> like relentless has got this really cool moment like sort of what close to the two minute mark which it goes fuck all the dread it's endless that's that's guaranteed to become like a massive like moment live like imagine the crowd roaring that back at the band and then like the, the final third of that song goes full on like walkman worship you remember that song the rat um, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah the, the whole like last third of that song is like just worship to the rat it's so it's so good and um you've got waiting which is um a bit heavier and angrier than some of the other songs um it's more closer to stuff from like the this place sucks ass ep which is was all really quite angry but by the same token that again there's another there's a kind of tonal change within that song as well because i i would agree you know i've written in my notes that it kind of opens with this kind of foot stomping grunting guitar riff but then laterally it does give away to these this kind of really uplifting and infectious kind of choral section with the gang vocals of them all singing waiting yeah um yeah, yeah it's like the chorus is like yeah, really quite a poppy almost. Yeah, yeah, it's really poppy by comparison to like that sort of angry opening. And then um, there's some female backing vocals on there, and uh, I did a little bit of digging, and it's um, Catherine McCoy or McCoy, um, who is in the band Nobro, who do a song called Eat Slay Chardonnay, which was in the play like. was in the playlist last uh, last time round, and um, it's just like. They're just a really cool punk band. And Eat Slay Chardonnay just goes, Eat Slay Chardonnay. It's absolutely brilliant. So that's Catherine doing the, the backing vocals here from No Bro. Habits is a weird one. It's I've written here it's got the most experimental opening of any song. It's got electronics and synths, a little bit like um Robot Writes a Love Song. And it's you know, it's got lots of cool bass lines and kind of squealing guitar parts and just riffs all over the place and that's followed by cutting off the corners which is oh, sorry before you move on to cutting off corners i think habits probably has like one of my favorite hmm. lyrics again another really hooky bit from the album i think you maybe hear it twice uh, it's just the lyric that uh, i told you i'm doing just fine but to tell you the truth i feel like total shit whenever <laughs> i'm with you and it's just the, the the kind of gang vocals that come in for just those last two or three words that just brings it to a whole new level and it's just like yeah that's it just hits so hard or slaps so hard, like it's just brilliant. Yeah, like there's just moments like that all over, all over Absolutely. the album. Cutting off the corners, I've written is complete genius. Yeah, um, it's a brilliant track. I've said it's a quietly beautiful power ballad. I don't know if it's really a power ballad, but it's sort of ballady. It's like a punk ballad, I guess. 
Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. It's probably a bit more serious as well than some of the other tracks, isn't it? Because it, yeah. is it kind of is it dealing with somebody passing or I've got a feeling that the the talk about is it some somebody going for chemo or something? I really can't remember. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure about that, but it definitely tugs at the heartstrings just in the yeah. way that it kind of rises and surges. I think the ability of the band to to do a song like this, like such a sort of powerful and dramatic song. And with this like really amazing solo at the end, and still kind of sound like a shitty punk band at the same time. I think that's really cool, like quite and quite unique. I think. I don't know if you um, had the same thought, but on the song "Grim Reaping," like the the bass tone on that really reminded me of Honing Barna, like on that Animorphs record, like the the super like satisfying like grunt in the bass, and weirdly. I mentioned Honing Barna, and there's also Trump at the end of the song, which reminded me of Genie, which we reviewed oh, on the yeah. same the same episode. So it was um yeah, it was just a weird coincidence there. Final song, Pop the Band Inc. is filing for bankruptcy. For bankruptcy. Quite anarchic, it's angular guitars, fuzzed up riffs, gang vocals. The bit at the two minute mark where there's like where he sort of goes ba 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 ba, like <laughs> I really like that. And then there's like this mental shrieking saxophone that comes in, and then like a strict back acoustic gang vocal part. And that some of my favourite lyrics are, are there. Um, there's no place I'd rather be instead, even though everybody here is fucked in the head. Um, so I think it's a great great line. Yeah, so it's a good way to end the end the, the album. And there's we said before there's these little kind of interludes that talk about it's almost like talking about the recording process and how it's been like done by committee and um the board of directors are sort of driving Quarterly it. Orderly meetings. Yeah, because yeah. I think like in the first like the first song, that that four chord song, as you said, you know, I suppose it's a kind it's a bit of a song into how the kind of album was created it's quite tongue-in-cheek um i think one of the lyrics is that you know we've spent all the company money on something that nobody wanted <laughs> <laughs> i think i think on the second um the same one of those interludes four chords part two they're sort of condemning this um music by committee approach and 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 so this beauty so we vote on the issues like are we tuning the vocals i say no and i vote to end democracy in this fucking band this is is brilliant like i love that kind of morbid humor that you find all over pop songs so i mean i'm fully in love with this i think pop are a band that in a similar way to like turnstile not musically but like the progression between their albums, they kind of take the sort of best elements of their sound and they sort of maximize them and sort of stretch them and like add to them and make something that's familiar but surprising at the same time. I mean, my, my reaction to Robot Writes a Love Song is a, a prime example of that. And um, brand news, maybe a bit of a dirty word in recent years, but I feel like Pup are starting to remind me of that band just for kind of how clever and, and brilliant they, they are or were at surprising you between albums. So, yeah, I I, th- I think this a this is a great album, and I think Pop are Pop are definitely right up there as one of my favourite bands. As I said, I, w- I was very pleasantly surprised, having no window of reference, having not yeah. really listened, well, not listened to any of their stuff. I thought this album was fantastic. Like I said, there's so much depth, so much texture to all of the songs. You know, they're not just a straight up punk band. There's, I mean, a lot of uh, ingenuity in yeah, all yeah. of these tracks. And it just, it's so refreshing. And I, I mean, I think that there's, there's loads in here just to keep your 
keep your attention. There's no low points at all. Like it's, it isn't. You can't say like, well, okay, you know, how many tracks are there? Ten, twelve songs. Sorry, if you include the kind of the week interludes, interludes. Yeah. And, you know, by and large, you get a decent album. You maybe like what four or five songs. All of these are, as you said, we could pick out every song as a standout track. So yeah, I mean, I, I know. Well, should I tell you what I've given it? Is a <laughs> yes, because yes. I think I already know what you're going to rate it as. I think so. I, I've given it a strong nine or ten out of ten. Yeah, I I've gone straight in with a ten, and I was ho- kind of hovering on a nine because I was like, I don't know, but the the more the more that What's I listen the to, it, I suppose, yeah, I, yeah, I was I was kind of like the more I listen to it, the more like I find these little bits that. I sort of cling on to, and that's the sign of a great album. It's like every time you listen to it, you find, you something, find something new yeah. to enjoy. And I was kind of hovering on a nine. I was like, why? Why am I giving it a nine? Just fucking give it a ten. Like get over it. And uh, <laughs> like I mean, more that, but... <laughs> to to mention Honenbara, sure they they contacted us, being like, give us a ten out of ten, you cowards. Ah, it was like, um, well, they it's they just quite sort of... funny because they were kind of poking fun. Obviously, I'd I'd. In, in a nice way, like I, they'd obviously we tried to translate some of the song titles, and they were like, "Yeah, you're right. That does stand for I hear or I want or whatever it was." And also, it is a tale of the Monkey King <laughs> <laughs> discovering something or other. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I messaged them back and said, "Oh, thanks for getting a great album, really great, really great album." album. Yeah. And the boy was like, "Give it a ten, then, you cowards!" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, it's funny yeah. as fuck." Um, so I'm just going to get over myself and give this a 10. And Bam. I mean, I think Morbid Stuff is a near perfect record. And I would give that a 10 out of 10. I mean, it, ma- it made it onto like my, my top 20 albums of all time after having ha- had it for nine months or something. And I think this is just as good. And in many ways, it's better. So I can't give it anything else but a 10 out of 10, I don't think. Good, um, man. It's going um, in. The Hall of Fame. It's going into the Hall of Fame. What a band. What a band. <laughs> All right, so that was uh, The Unraveling of Pup the Band by Pup. All your friends, they hate my guts. They only listen to noise punk or nothing. Right, what are we on to next? Uh, the Linda Lindas? Yeah. Yeah, the Linda Lindas. Do you want me to go for this? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, Growing Up is the band's debut album. However, they have released a self-titled short play EP at the end of 2020, consisting of, I think, four songs. This was released on the 8th of March, earlier on this year, on the legendary 
Epitaph record label, which I think comes as no coincidence once you listen to that album. It contains 10 songs, approximately 25 minutes and 35 seconds long, so just under the half an hour mark. The band themselves are an all-girl punk rock quartet from Los Angeles, consisting of Bella Salazar on guitar, Eloise Wong on bass, and sisters Lucia and Myla de Garza on guitar and drums respectively, and they all take part in providing vocals. So I believe sisters Lucia and Myla de Garza, I'm pretty sure their dad is a pretty major record producer. I'm not 100% of his name, but I think he has. He certainly worked with the likes of Paramore. I don't know who else he's mm, worked okay. for. Um, that makes sense. I remember, I remember reading that. I think it's also worth noting that they're all extremely young. Uh, Bella yeah. is the oldest at 17 and at the time of recording Mila or Myla is the youngest at only 11 years of age so to... Which is amazing like absolutely it's, amazing It's phenomenal, it's it's absolutely phenomenal I mean it, it did put me in mind of the likes of Green Day for example I know their first album is a combination of the two EPs which is 1039 Smoothed Out Slap Airs but I think it was like 1039 and Smoothed Out Slap Airs and just kind of like meshed into one i know they released that round about the age of 16 but these guys mm. are i mean the drummer's 11 like yeah. <laughs> that's and i mean the music is on point like it's it's so good it's so like, good you would never in a million years listen to the drums on this and be like that's an 11 year old girl that drummer yeah. she's only 11 like it's crazy you, you wouldn't. I mean, the, the band... So I was first introduced to the band uh, a wee while back because the band became di- did become somewhat of a kind of viral social media sensation after they played one of the singles from their album Racist Sexist Boy in the Los Angeles Public Library as part of their Teentastic Tuesday event. The song was written about an experience that Mila had when a schoolmate made a racist comment about her round about the time or ahead of the COVID-19 pandemic. The album itself, you know, hits the ground running straight out of the gates with O, which is one of the first of the first it was one of the first singles released for the album. Mm-hmm. It's a really kind of punchy garage rock stomper with lyrics that explore the idea of self doubt with kind of fist pumping gan vocals which are bound to be a massive crowd pleaser. In my opinion, the album goes from strength to strength with the second song and the album's namesake, which opens with a kind of strong, hooky and engaging, loud, quiet, loud setup, which I find really effective. I think it's worth noting as well that I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but it does seem as if the band change vocalists from one song to the next. That was my impression anyway. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it certainly feels different enough. Like I think, I think there's a definite difference between all of the songs, which for, for my money could have helped keep the album quite yeah. fresh yeah i don't i don't know about the the change in the vocals there's certainly changes in the style of the vocals yeah you, you have a song like growing up which is like i've said that's pop punk perfection but it's got yeah. these really sort of bubblegum pop vocals and then a song like fine or why i've got yeah. really aggressive like aggro punk vocals do you want to know how i've described those types of vocals? <laughs> <laughs> like, i was thinking like i can't think of a word like so I was like, I need some, uh, it almost has to be somehow kind of onomatopoeic. And the one that I could come up with is like, bleh, like bleh <laughs> vocals. Because it's just, it's it's not quite slackery. 
You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, we've described like bands like Dinosaur Pileup or what have you, and we've described them having kind of slacker-esque vocals. I don't think these are the same. So the only way I could describe it was that kind of like, just like total, there's a proper like fucking attitude and swagger in the vocals. Um, yeah. Just like, like just, they don't, they don't seem to care at all. It's just that total nonplussed like attitude. It's like, um, there's like a snarl almost to it and like, Agro is the sort of, is is the way I would describe them sort of in your face. Yeah, I mean, I, I as I said, I think it comes as no coincidence that they're on Epitaph Records. I mean, that mm. was like I think most of the albums I was listening to when I was growing up and first started listening to music were on Epitaph, and certainly songs like Fine, Why, uh, Why being probably one of my favourite songs and album is. For my money, reminiscent of kind of early No Effects, it reminded me of one song in particular, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I tried my hardest to find it, couldn't find it. I thought it was maybe The Bag, which is on White Trash, Two Heaps and a Bean. But again, it, it does kind of remind me of the stuff that they released from one of their earliest albums, which was called SM Airlines as well. Even down to the kind of timing and like the setup. Hmm. Um, as some of their songs, so I was all over this album. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of like familiar. I don't want to say punk tropes because that makes it sound like it's like derivative, but like homages, I suppose, just to that kind of simple punk rock songs. And like, I think there's a reverence for those kind of classic bands. I'd say you can just hear it in the music. Yeah, there, there's a lot of good stuff on here. The, the, the first track, oh, like I've been driving about listening to this album because it's good. only like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just like lift, taking a hand off the steering wheel going, oh! Um, the album's only like 25 minutes long, so you can just slap yeah. it on and blast through it. Like, it's over in no time at all. And uh, it's just a sort of whirlwind of like pop punk and punk rock. All the songs in here are, are really good. You've got Nino, which is, um, that's a more slackery kind of one, which is just about that is, like, yeah. a cat that kills mice and rats. That reminded me a little bit of Shoulder Season, actually. We were talking about them earlier, just the vocal yeah. style there. Uh, mentioned Fine and Why, which have both got those kind of aggro vocals. Remember, I've I've described that as an absolute bop. <laughs> and I think that's one of the best songs in the album. One of the do you best know what choruses. Kind of is, yeah, do you know what it kind of reminded me of <laughs> in a weird way? I was, I've described it here as like an uplifting pop punk Almost a pop punk version of Daft Punk's Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Uh, okay. Just in terms of the lyrics, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's just the lyrics. Yeah, I can't quite remember the lyrics off the top of my head, but um, there is an interesting juxtaposition. Of, you know, we've talked about these kind of aggro or kind of blur kind of vocals with loads of attitudes, but there's a lot of kind of uplifting bits in here as well you know what i mean is it remember i can't remember what song it is but one of the lyrics is you know i almost like you know every day is i can't quite remember it's like but everything's like oh i've lost my train of thought now to be honest um <laughs> the line i've written down from that song is uh, is from the chorus it's i can't remember the first thing i did today i can't remember why i tried to run away and that's like the really catchy yeah lines from the chorus i wonder if you're talking about magic because magic's got a sort of weird like it's a little bit different it's sort of catchy well they're all catchy it's not it's not different (laughs) um it's i don't know there's there's something different about magic i can't quite quantify it It reminded me of um there's a band called culture abuse who um i think were cancelled but they they did have a really good um album called daydream which came out in 2018 and they sort of remind 
I think were like influenced by the Ramones, but brought it like bang up to date and magic. Reminds me a lot of that, but I don't know if it reminds me of harder, faster, stronger with Daft Punk. No, I, 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 no, it's it's just the lyrics. It's yeah. just the lyrics. It's like tomorrow will be better. It's not better, faster. I think that is remember actually. Yeah, um, yeah. Magic's about like the. I haven't written it down, but the chorus is like, "What if magic was real?" And it's it's almost like saying, "If magic was real, it would be like a curse kind of thing." Yeah, magic's not right. That's one of the other top three or four tracks on this would be oh, growing up, magic and remember probably for me. Although I don't, it feels kind of redundant, even bothering to say that because there's only really one track on here that hits me a little less than the others, and that's Quantus Vitus, which yeah, it's not that it's a bad song. It's it's a it's a good song, but it just breaks the the vibe of the rest of the album for me. It's like a bit. Mm-hmm. It's sort of more alt-rock and sort of Latino, I guess, because the lyrics are in Spanish, but it f- feels almost like it doesn't fit. I would have to agree with you there. Yeah, if there's one track that I probably don't really pay all that much attention to or have skipped, it'll, it probably will be that one. Yeah. But, you know, it's still, it's still a decent song and it kind of shows that there is a bit of a versatility to the band. And... You mentioned Racist Sexist Boy before. That's the closing track. Heaviest song on the album. You know, big distorted riffs, crashing drums, got those snarling vocals, really catchy but aggro chorus. And it's really powerful, really powerful, damning song, you know, by this young female band. It's really impressive. You mentioned that that was the live version of that was the one that kind of introduced you to the band. But for me, it was um, the song Rebel Girl. Um, oh, right. I don't think I've heard that. Which I think came out after that. And it, I was expecting to be on this album because after I'd heard that, I kind of thought, you know, I'd be waiting for the album to come out for quite a while. But even without Rebel Girl, this is a, this is a really awesome album. The Rebel Girl is just a song about like wanting to be best friends with like the Rebel Girl, the kind of cool alternative girl in town. It's a simple punk song, but um, it's got this really awesome, like almost motorhead sounding riffs in it. And with this, you know, that really sort of poppy vocals, a little bit like Ramones and... You know, I heard that song and I was like on board, on board with this band straight away. So <laughs> that was the one that introduced me to the window windows. If you're going to criticize it, there's not really much on here that you wouldn't have heard before. If if you, you know, if this kind of music's your kind of thing, pop, punk, punk rock. But that's part of the reason that it's good, really. Yeah. Because it has all those nods to these these classic bands, and like I said before, there's kind of like a genuine sort of reverence for that music, and you know, musicianship's top notch. The performance, the vocals, and the lyrics, and just the sort of general songwriting ability for such a, a young group is um, it's really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an incredible, incredibly strong debut album. Um, yeah. You know, my notes here have said, you know, even more impressive uh, given the band members' age. I don't mean that to sound patronising. I'm probably yeah. aware that it, you know, maybe does. But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great, man. I, I thought it was fun, fresh, and engaging. And as I said, being a fan of all the kind of early Epitaph records, I was all over this. Really enjoyed it. What did you give it? I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for this. There's not really much criticism I can level at it, to be honest. I mean, I love this kind of music, so... I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think a 9 out of 10. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Before we move on, have you ever seen the, the show We Are Lady Parts? Have you heard of that at all? Yeah. Yeah. 
I watched, I think, like the first episode. Um, it's on Channel 4, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's like a Channel 4 comedy. And it, I was just reminded, because some of the songs are a lot like similar kind of style. And it just reminded me of that, just like an old girl band and like. Yeah, I think you can get their music. I think like you can. Can like, I think the soundtrack's available? Yeah. So the sound the so there's basically they released an EP which is just the soundtracks from from the show and uh, there's a really oh, good man. song called Voldemort Under My Headscarf. That's a uh, that's a pretty awesome song, and I just <laughs> it it just came into my head because it's like you know it's, it's it's a young a band of young women playing in a punk band and it's sort of they're navigating like racism and sexism and this sort of this standard kind of sneering prejudice that seems to be against women who sort of you know dare to play rock music or heavy music you know so it's just um i feel like the spirit of lady parts is is alive and well in the linda lindas um the band lady parts i should say that was a kind of weird thing to say the spirit of the band <laughs> you need to watch yourself son no, no no that's a weird thing to say but you Don't know take you, you away. If you, if if that's not taken out of context, it makes it makes complete sense. Yeah, <laughs> just don't I don't isolate that voice. <laughs> so anyway, we are Lady Parts is quite cool, quite a good show. It's not amazing, but some of the music is pretty good. And um, listen to Linda Linda's and then and then watch that. I think it makes a, a quite a good like pairing. Yeah, I would agree there. Anyway, right. So <laughs> that was growing up by the Linda Lindas. You've got your episode title, "The Spirit of the Lady Parts." <laughs> the spirit of Lady Parts is alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. So the final final album uh, we've got here is "Stoned Weekend" by Drug Couple. This was released on the 18th of February 2022 on Paper Cup Music. It's 10 tracks long and roughly 46 minutes. So Stoned Weekend is a debut album from New York City's alt-psych country duo Miles and Becca Robinson, aka Drug Couple. I think alt-psych country as a gen... as a ju- I can't even pronounce the word genre anymore um, <laughs> as, a, as a genre <laughs> seems fairly fair <laughs> genre gen, 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 uh, seems genre. fairly fitting as there's a mixture of 
like alt rock and you know psychedelic rock and and bits of country kind of all over this album the title track on this stone to be kenned just kind of immediately impressed me i think like sort of dense layers of guitars and these kind of psychedelic like synth lines and like i've described the overall sound as like like leonard skinner or buffalo springfield like after a bong hit like it feels like it feels like slow like it feels like sweet home alabama like in slow motion which is actually far better than that sounds like <laughs> i don't know how you describe it yeah yeah i mean it feels very country but there's psychedelic elements in there as well i mean there's quite a few tracks in here that reminded me a bit of like jefferson airplane also cheerlift do you remember cheerlift yeah yeah i remember cheerlift yeah but particularly with that kind of male and female kind of vocal juxtaposition maybe more of a kind of less direct and avant-garde cheerlift um, because they're a bit out there I suppose at times. Also reminded me of some of the tracks on the first Puma Rosa album as well particularly towards the end of the album um, there's a song called Wild Child like that I think there's kind of like nod hint and kind of thrill of like a clarinet or a kind of saxophone in there somewhere in the background so yeah that, that kind of put me in mind of Puma Rosa I think there's a lot of depth and texture to all of these songs yeah Lemon Trees which is track number three that really stood out for me I think that was one of the first one of the singles released from the album I really like that one uh, little do I know again. I think that's I can't quite remember what track number that is, but I think for me that's yeah that that was maybe the kind of first track that I kind of felt was kind of on the verge of becoming a, like a, an all out kind of psychedelic track, mm-hmm. but it does kind of hold back from from doing that. And I thought it was quite interesting because that you've got that like like so little do I know like I said that that has this kind of psychedelic kind of tinge to it, and then it just kind of plunges straight into this kind of perfectly curated slice of kind of indie folk in the former track number six which is ben and bongo which i i loved i thought that was a great track like really good yeah that's got the most like country kind of slide guitar parts in it and again i didn't i didn't hate the, the slide guitar on on ben and bongo i think you're a you're a closet well slide guitar fan man it's funny because when when I was listening to this album, I had it like on um like a Bluetooth speaker, and I was playing it out loud in the living room. And Kat came through, was like, "What are you doing listening to country? Like, it's like it's not country, but I mean, there is a lot of country in this. It's like because it was like it's not country. I hate country, but yeah, there is quite a lot of country on this and slide guitar and. But I don't know I, what I it just, is. It just it, I, yeah, it just seemed there, to... there's something about it that. Somehow removed from the country. Yeah, it's just it's just the way the slide guitar parts are like int- integrated into the rest of the song. Like it just it works like naturally with the drums um, and this are soothing vocals as well. <laughs> I like the lyrics on uh, Ben and Bongo. It's just Bongo and me. We can get high down the street. It's just quite funny. But that like, that kind of that wee kind of vocal refrain of Bongo and me is, is really fucking hooky as well. Like you know, I was singing that over and over again. Yeah, there's again, there's lots of bits like that on this album as well. Like on on Lemon Trees, I haven't written the lyrics down, but there's like so I think for the Miles, for the most part, is like the lead vocalist, and and sort of Becca comes in on harmonies and things. But on Lemon Trees, it starts out with 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 Becca, and then 
Miles kind of comes in for a few lines of this. When he comes in, the hook on that is just like, you know, the hairs on your arms stand up. It's that kind of hook. So that song, um, yeah, one of the best songs on the album is Lemon Trees. And yeah, Ben and Bongo, really strong song. Linda's Trip jumped out of me um, as well. And part of that was just because of the name of it. Um, because I, not long before I heard this, I'd been watching American Crime Story Impeachment, which is all about the impeachment of um, Bill Clinton and this right. Monica Lewinsky scandal. And Linda Tripp is like a big character in that. She, she'd befriended Monica Lewinsky and earned her trust and was told, you know, Monica told her all about what was happening with the president. And she'd recorded their conversations and to eventually write a book about it and that was how the whole story would come to break the song isn't about that as far as i can tell the song is about another kind of like fraught friendship but like between two teenage vampires is the story i could sort of garner from some interviews i'd read and there is talk about like bloodlust and stuff on on in the lyrics you can definitely hear that but um yeah just to sort of it was the name initially that jumped out at me, but it it's a cool song. It's got like quite sort of fuzzy, uh, grungy even guitars on it, and there's a little sort of mandolin kind of riff in there as well. It's, I didn't really take um, that big a dive into the lyrical content. Um, I I didn't either, to be to be completely because I do feel as if this this kind of this album kind of washes over you in a way. Definitely, yeah. It's like a sort of warm, cozy blanket, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, but but it does sort of feel like that. Um, you mentioned Wild Child before, which is it's got a sort of tribal drum beat to it, and it's got that sort of Americana, sort of noirish quality to it that I was talking about earlier. But Princess Chelsea, like to- totally different, but there is that sort of kind of broody sort of noir aspect, and I think that song is about a werewolf <laughs> like or or well, maybe, so, maybe 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 the werewolf is an analogy for something but it's it's like she howls at the moon like oh is is one of the lyrics so but it's it's probably a an analogy for something rather than just being directly she's a werewolf but you never know anyway it's a good it's a good track that's a good track and uh i like the way that the the album closes basically with the same song like the first, still stoned yeah. is basically practically the same song as Stoned Weekend. It uses a lot of the same hooks and lyrics. Stoned Weekend, I hope this weekend never ends. Oh, cool. Well, nice lyrics. So, yeah. I think there's lots of bits on here that reminded me of, like, grunge bands. Like I think that's fair to say, because I think yeah. you know, track number eight, in particular, are December. I mean, that opens with a you know fairly generous dollop of kind of fuzz and reverb. You know, there's a bit of kind of grunt in the, in the guitar riffs there. Yeah, I think I think they've mentioned like Dinosaur Junior as like an influence. Right, okay. I think there's bits like there's probably some Neil Young on here. I think Miles's vocals remind me on occasion a little bit of Eddie Vedder in this sort of mumbly sort of almost, you know, you sometimes can't really hear what he's saying because he's mumbling. That kind of element of Eddie Vedder's singing style, and I hear like little vocal melodies that remind me of like Nirvana, like as well on occasion. I mean, it's not. You know, the songs don't sound like Nirvana, but there's the odd sort of little vocal hook that, that just reminds me of a, a sort of Kurt Cobain intonation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it's these little bits here and there that help pull me in as well. But yeah, a good, like a good album to sort of put on and, and relax to, because like you say, it just kind of washes over and feels like a sort of a fuzzy 
warm blanket. Yeah, I mean, it's got a nice summery kind of feel to it as well, doesn't it? Like, yeah. just chilling out and kicking back. What did you give it, though? I've given it an 8 out of 10, because I've, I've listened to it quite a few times now, and I think maybe initially I might have given it a lower score, but I think I think the more I've listened to it, the more I've just kind of really come to enjoy it. Yeah, I, d- I did wonder, because I've given it a 7, hmm. but I, and I did wonder if that's because I haven't paid... I haven't spent enough time with it. Because my thinking was, although it's a good album and I enjoyed it, I was like, I don't know like, if it's an album that'll have me coming back to it, if that makes sense. Yes, I mean, it makes sense. I suppose it depends what mood you're in, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, I certainly have come back to it. I mean, partly just because we're reviewing it, but partly because I've, I like it. So, And the more the more I've come back to it, the more I've, I've come to like it as well. So I think yeah. that's why I've, why I've given it. I, th- I think that I think that's fair to say. You know, may- maybe I do need to spend a bit more time with it because, as I said, there there is a lot going on. A lot of the tracks, you know, maybe not as much so as you know, like a pop or whatever. But yeah, I-, I imagine that if I was to go back and listen to it in a bit more detail, I'd probably take a bit more away from it. But it's it's a lovely it's a lovely laid yeah. back laid back album. It's it's nice to listen to when you're just kind of up and about and chilling out yeah it sounds amazing as well like oh just, wow. yeah. just the the production of all the the, 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 the performances of the vocals all the instrumentals and everything it just sounds sounds amazing so really good album so that was stoned weekend by drug couple It's done. So that's another episode of the Scratch Cast in the Can. As always, we'd love to know your thoughts on what we've covered. And if you do like any of the bands or artists covered, then make sure you send some love their way. If you want to support the show, then make sure you subscribe to the Scratch Cast wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a nice review. This helps spread the good word. If you want to support us further, then you can buy Grant and myself a coffee at buymeacoffee.com while you're there. And you can also leave us a message and let us know how you think we're doing, what we can improve upon, and what you think we should cover in the future. The link is in the episode description. If you'd like to be featured on Submission Corner, then send your submissions to theheadscratcheroutlook.com or message us directly on Facebook and Instagram at theheadscratcher or on Twitter at scratcherhead. Don't forget, you can also head over to theheadscratcher.com to find pop culture reviews, recommendations alternative music playlists interviews and of course all the previous episodes of the podcast by the time you hear this april slash may's alternative music playlist will be out and some of our choice cuts are journey proud by tree river slipping by conscious root and scott bathgate 
Tides by Becca Starr, The Scratches cover of Aerials by System of a Down, featuring the RTE Concert Orchestra, Don't Call Me Mojo by Ottoboke Beaver, and Gabu Ni Tai by Vieux Farka Touré. It's just totally nonsensical. <laughs> So th- this one uh, is a couple of weeks late, but I think it'll be worth worth the wait. Finally, if you made it this far, all that's left to say is thanks for listening. And as always, please tell your friends, your colleagues, your parents and your pets. We'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs> See you after. <laughs> See you after. See you after. See you after. See you after, man. Cheerio. All right. Do we have to clap now? Oh shit, I was about to, yeah, I've forgotten about that. So it's three, two, one, and then clap. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. Oh, you're too slow. <laughs> Try again. So there's maybe a delay on the video. Like, three, two, one. It's not finished. It's finished.